Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. So good to see you. So good to be here with you again. My name is Brandon. I'm the Transformation Pastor here. And we are in a new series called The Four Loves. Because love is one of those words that we throw around. It could mean so many different things. And in this series, we are going to be looking at four forms of love. And today, specifically, we are looking at friendship love. Now, at this point, you probably are are wondering, why does Brandon have on boxing gloves? Is this a part of his outfit? Is this a fashion statement? Um, No, this is my way of answering that question that Kelly just asked you. Uh, So three weeks ago, I, I signed up for a boxing class. Yes, I joined a boxing gym. And I've always enjoyed the sport of boxing. I've always loved watching it. And it's just been something that has, has been, been a staple for a long time in my life. I've always wanted to take lessons, but I never did. I never took lessons. And you know what? I was like, it's a new year. I'm in my try new things era. I'm going to go ahead and find a gym. So I found a gym, and then I signed up for a class. And because I watch a lot of boxing and I spend probably too much time on YouTube watching, you know, boxing videos. I'm thinking to myself, on this first day, I'm going to probably be ready. Like, the trainer's going to be like, you know what? We could probably move you to a slightly more advanced level of training. Um, That was just what I thought because, you know, I I, I watch enough, right? So this was my expectation. I want to go ahead and show you guys my expectation. This is what I thought. I thought I was going to be doing that. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I would be doing that. Uh, you know, I even had gum, gum in my mouth at the time. I thought, I thought you know, okay, this is, this is going to be me. Y'all, I walked in, and it did not go that way. <laughs> my, my brain and my body did, did not want to listen to each other uh, that, that first day. And my, my trainer's like, no, no, your other left. No, 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 your, your other right. It was a humbling and kind of embarrassing moment for sure. But that first day, I learned very quick that it is a difference between watching boxing and actually boxing. And then the thing is, I wasn't even actually boxing. That's the, <laughs> that's the even crazier part. There's a difference. And this week, I realized that friendship is similar to boxing. It's harder than it looks. It's, it's actually really... Hard. See, like boxing, we, we've heard all of the phrases and we've seen all of the things. We've heard all of the sayings when it comes to friendship. We've heard the saying, you know, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. We've heard that friends, true friends, are a great treasure. They are great riches. We've even heard the boxing metaphor that you have to know who's in your corner. We've heard it. We've heard it before. We've seen shows like you know, living single. We, we've seen shows like Friends and Girlfriends. We, we've watched those shows. Friendship has this uh, aesthetic to it that is appeasing to us, right? It's appealing and we all love it, but we know from our life experience that it is not as easy as it looks. 
you know, we have an expectation of friendship that is often not the reality of friendship. It is just much harder than it seems. You know, there are many of us who may be here and we would say, man, I, I don't know if I have real friends. I, I don't know if I have good friends. You know, we, we can make the argument today that we live in an age and a time that makes friendships the most challenging to have. You know, in, in 2024, it is, uh, we're living in the middle of an epidemic. Actually, last year, the Surgeon General released an a advisory called the Epidemic of Loneliness and Isolation. And in it, it said that one out of two Americans reported feeling isolated and lonely. And then the the, the symptoms it goes on to, to say the, the negative impact of that is more depression and anxiety and higher risks for things like dementia and heart disease. And, and we are living in a crazy time. That is a staggering statistic. That would mean that half of us in this room would identify with feeling isolated and lonely. And, you know, speaking as a man, we, we are inclined to insulate ourselves and isolate ourselves and think that we are okay on top of the illusion of living in this digital age that makes us think we are actually more connected than we actually are. We, we live in a world where we know people, but we don't feel known by people. Where we, we have fun friendships, but maybe not fulfilling friendships. For many of us, we would say, I don't know if I have people in my life who I can say actually know me on a deep level. People who I would feel safe to share my, my like deepest, darkest insecurities with. People who would show up for me in my darkest hour when I am no fun to be around at all. Those people who are committed to saying what you need to hear and not just what you want to hear. The people who would champion us becoming who God has created us to be rather than just staying the people that they are comfortable with. See, that is the kind of friend and friendship God has created us all to experience. There's no person who is an exception to that. No person here is an exception to that rule. We were all created for connection. We were created and made to be known. And having connection and friendship love, it is not only essential to our emotional well-being and our physical well-being, but it's also essential to our spiritual well-being as well. The Bible actually names the 12 disciples and Martha, Mary, and Lazarus as Jesus's friends. So friendship was essential for Jesus, which for me, it makes me ask the question, well, if friendship is so essential, why isn't it more simple? Like, why isn't it just more simple? If, if, if it is this essential piece of our lives, why is it seemingly so, so hard to form and to foster intimate and deep friendships today? You know, maybe you are here today and you are are recognizing that your current friendship circle, maybe it's, it's needed to adjust for a while. Maybe, maybe you are, or you're here and you're like, you know, I am 
a part of that one out of two. I, I, I desperately need friendship in this season. I need connection in this season. Well, I believe wherever you are, the Bible has so much to say about friendship. And what we're going to discover today is a, is a biblical picture and vision of the kind of friends that we should look for, but also the kind of friends that we should work to be. So would you go ahead and grab your Bibles with me? And I want you to go with me to 1 Samuel 18, verse 1 to 4. And there are Soul City Bibles underneath the seat in front of you. And 1 Samuel 18 is on 228. And while you go there, I'll set the scene for us of what's going on at this point, at this time. So 1 Samuel, it is named after the prophet Samuel. So Samuel was the person, he's God's representative who appointed and anointed the first two kings of Israel, King Saul and then David. In the book of 1 Samuel, it tells the story of uh, King Saul's rise and his fall and the rise of David. So right before we get to our text in chapter 18, David, he is this young teenage shepherd, and he has just defeated the giant Goliath. And at this time, the uh, nation of Israel, they are in war. They've been at war for some time, and they're led by King Saul and his son, Jonathan. So with that backdrop in mind, let's go ahead and read our text. It says this. After David had finished talking to Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. So what is the Spirit saying to us through this text. Well, in verse 1, we're, we're told that Jonathan, you know, right after David defeats Goliath, Jonathan, he, he makes or, or he becomes one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. This was the start of a spiritual friendship between the two of them. Verse 1, it, it tells us really that Jonathan and David they connected. They, they, they made a, a connection. And friendship, love, it always begins with connection. That's where it starts. But this connection, this kind of connection, is it, deeper. This isn't just common interest connection. This isn't like, you know, we like the same sports teams. You know, we're rooting for the Chiefs, hypothetically speaking. Um, it, it's, it's a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper than that. It, it's it's more so connecting off of common values, common values. The, the, the reality is, is that we want to understand how this connection started. We have to back up a few chapters in 1 Samuel. In 1 Samuel 14, Jonathan, along with his teenage armor bearer, the guy who's carrying all his stuff around, he takes on a whole army by himself and he wins. And then Jonathan, he sees David take on a giant by himself and he wins. So when Jonathan sees David, he sees somebody who is cut from the same cloth as him. He says, wait a second, there, there's something about you that I just feel, I don't know, I feel drawn to. I feel connected to. See, they began to connect 
off of their, their common conviction that their God was a deliverer, that their God was able to do the impossible through them. And this is the foundation of their connection. And I, I want to be clear, if you are praying and if you are searching for deeper friends, what I believe the Holy Spirit is saying is that we will know that we found people that we can begin to build a, a friendship with, something meaningful with, when we notice that we share common values. See, Jonathan was royalty. David was a shepherd boy. We, we believe like Jonathan was probably a little bit older than David. They were very different, very different, yet they were able to connect through their shared values. Think about it. Jonathan could have been focusing on all of the, the superficial differences that they probably had. He could have been focusing on maybe the way David was dressed. He could have been focusing on maybe the way that David talked. And if he did that, he would have missed out on this relationship that God was actually bringing into his life. And for those of us who are looking for friends in this season, I, I wonder if God has already placed people around you that you haven't really explored a connection with because maybe they're different than you. I, I wonder what would happen if you opened yourself up to people that may not necessarily be the, you know, maybe they don't have the look, they don't have the, the things that, draw you initially, but what if there's common values that actually are the foundation of a new friendship? I love, though, that it doesn't stop here. It continues because we're told that not only, only does Jonathan make this connection with David, but he also makes a covenant with David. And what is a, what's a covenant? A covenant is just an agreement. It's a it's a commitment between two or more people. And in this case, Jonathan made a covenant of friendship with David. But at this time, a covenant was a serious commitment. This is different than the way that we think about commitment. When entering into a covenant, the ancient Jewish people would sometimes take an animal, they would slice it in half, and then they would walk through it together. And it was symbolically saying that, if one of us breaks this promise, breaks this commitment, let the same thing that happened to this animal happen to me. It was a serious commitment, but I want you to notice and feel how seemingly unnecessary that is. <laughs> Doesn't it just feel like it's extra? Doesn't it just feel kind of unnecessary? Well, it feels unnecessary for Jonathan to say, okay, I'm going to connect myself with David. Oh, we lost the boxing glove. That's fine. And he not only says that, oh, thanks, my man, looking out, looking out for me. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And Jonathan, he, he makes this seemingly unnecessary commitment to David. He, he says, not, not only am I going to connect with him, but I'm going to commit myself to him. His problems are now going to be my problems. His his war is now, you know, his battles are going to be my battles. If I'm thriving, he is thriving. And this is a picture of friendship, love. It's two people choosing, choosing to not only be connected, but committed to each other. Now, if, if we are all being honest with ourselves, the, 
the commitment or the connection part of, of this is approachable. Seems like, okay, I, I could do that. It's the commitment part for me that, that, that I start to run into some trouble. You know, I, I can recognize when I have some common values with people and there seems to be something deeper there that, that connects us. I can recognize that. There's a whole nother, it's a whole nother thing to begin to say, I'm going to commit myself to this person. You know, I have a friend in, in my life who I've known for several years, but the last three years, we've, we've been growing in our friendship. We've been connecting. And I remember the first time I met him, I could tell, I was like, man, there's something about you that, that I like. It's something about you that I can feel connected with. And, you know, we, we hang out, and when we hang out, it is incredible. It's fun. And if I'm being real, if I'm being honest, that next level of, of commitment is a little more intimidating to me. There, there's, a, there's some uncertainty there for me, if I'm being honest. There's, there's questions like, well, ah, man, do I have the capacity for that commitment? Will it be reciprocated? Can I, can I be my authentic self? Is, is that going to be welcome? Like, I have these questions that, if I'm being honest, they still haven't been answered yet, but I am willing to continue to explore it because of our commitment. See, the connect part, it is much more approachable than this commit part. But this text teaches us that both connection and commitment are the two legs of friendship love. We need both. We need both if we want to experience this, this richness that is in friendship love, if we want to experience this in our lives. When we have both connection and commitment in friendship, we begin to experience what it feels like to be known, what it feels like to be seen and loved. And that's ultimately what we are all looking for. Jonathan, he shows David, he models what his commitment to him looks like in verse 4 when he says, I'm going to give you my robe, when he gives him his tunic, when he gives him his sword, his belt, when he gives him what he has. He's investing in this new friendship that he has with David. And that, honestly, right there is why friendship love is so challenging. It's because it involves this thing that I actively look for ways to avoid. And I'm sure that I'm not alone in that. It involves this word. You ready? Sacrifice. It involves sacrifice it involves us, us saying, okay, I'm going to give of myself. See, if you are committed to a friend, sometimes you may have to sacrifice your time and show up in moments when you don't feel like it, when it's not convenient for you. When you're truly committed to a friend, you may have to sacrifice your resources. When you're committed to a friend, you may have to sacrifice being the one who always gives advice and instead just listen. When you're truly committed to a friend, you have to sacrifice sometimes talking about all the things that's happening in your world and just show interest in what's happening in their world. And trust me, this idea isn't Brandon's. This isn't, this isn't my idea, this idea of commitment being connected to sacrifice. This isn't me. This is Jesus. This is what Jesus says. In fact, when he is preparing his disciples for his departure in John 15, 13, this is what he says. He says, greater love has no one than this, 
to lay down one's life for one's friend. Jesus, he makes it clear. He makes it clear that at the core of this friendship love is voluntarily laying down your life for your friend. And, and, and we know that ultimately this is what Jesus did for each and every one of us. Jesus was the friend who laid his life down for people that he didn't have to lay it down for. Jesus took on the, the, the sin and the weight of, of humanity and he overcame and, and conquered death. And because of our faith in him, we now can be made new. This is what Jesus did. And in this, when we get to experience friendship love, when we model friendship love and extend it, we are actually exercising our faith in him. We are actually not just experiencing a human form of love. We are actually experiencing his love in the process as well. Now, listen, it is, and I have to, have to say this, it, it's impossible it's impossible to think that this kind of friendship love that I am describing that involves both commitment and connection, it's impossible to think that we could give this to everyone in our lives. I, I, I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but I want you to hear me. You just can't show up for everybody the same way. You just can't do it. You, you can't be all things to all people. You, you may follow Jesus, but my friend, you, you are not Jesus. You, you, you can't do it. So that leads to the question, well, who do we prioritize? How do we know who to prioritize? Well, I believe the vision that we see in Jonathan and David and, and throughout the scriptures is this. We prioritize people whose character challenges us to be better. Their unconditional love, it, it gives us strength. Their honesty, it helps us to see ourselves clearly. Their reliability, it makes us feel like we are not alone. And their relationship with Jesus, it may not be perfect, but it encourages us in our own relationship with Jesus. This is a spiritual friendship. And to be clear, all of our friendships won't have those qualities. All of our friendships won't be like this. But if you're committed to walking in transformation, it's important to prioritize people who are committed to the same. And this is the kind of friend that we also want to be. This is the kind of friend, these are the kind of qualities that we ourselves want to have. This is what we're called to. This is how we're called to invest in friendship. So my challenge, my challenge for you this week has two parts. Two parts, okay? It is, one, uh, to invest in the friends that you already have, those that are already in your life. I, I want you to experiment with asking this question. It's not a new question. It's not a fancy one. But it's, what's been challenging you lately? What's been challenging you lately? And what I, what I like about this question is that it's approachable. It's, it's, it's not too deep, but it's, it's deep enough. Like, it's not like, hey, bro. What's that one thing that you never told me? You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's an approachable question that is open enough that depending on their interpretation, they could share something that has been heavy. Or they could share something that has been encouraging them, that's been 
been like, oh, man, this is something that's been challenging me be, uh, to be better. And either way, you get to dive a little bit deeper. You get to go a little bit deeper underneath the surface, underneath the superficial. And that's part one. Here's, here's part two. Part two is that as Jesus followers, empowered by his spirit, we have a relationship advantage. It's called the church. It is the church. That is the premier, one of the, the, the main reasons why we exist. It is for connection. It is for community. And I believe that you are here today, not by accident, but it was the provision of God. Because guess what? We are in the middle of tables, sign-ups. It, it is open. Our, our table session is about to kick off. And our, our tables are, are the place where you will experience being known. See, our, our church is large. We, we have a big church. So at tables, this is the place where, you know, if there is, let's say, your, your mom goes into the hospital or, man, you lose your job. You, you need somebody to talk to. You need somebody to pray with. Those kind of things, those kind of conversations should happen in tables. That is the place where we get to practice friendship love. That is the place where you will be seen and known. And I want to be clear that, you know, your first table may not be, you know, your, your, your people may not be at that table, but maybe they're in the second. Tables are, are one of our premier ways to experience being known, belonging, and that's what I want for everyone. I, I want everyone here and with us online to, to find their people, to find their community within Soul City. So I'm praying for 700 of us to be in a table session or to be at a table this session. So if you haven't signed up for a table, go ahead and sign up for one. And then there are those of us who maybe you, you have thought about leading a table, maybe you've thought about helping out at a table and you haven't yet. You haven't reached out. You haven't, you haven't done it. Well, guess what? Today's your day. Today's your day. This is, this is the sign that you've been waiting for. Um, we would love to talk to you and let you know what, what, what does it look like to, to help out in tables? What's it look like to be one who helps to create space for friendship love to be experienced? So our connection pastor, Stephanie Miller, she's going to be in the lobby if you want to talk to her about what it would look like to help out in this table session. You know, when, when it comes down to it, for me, I, I really just want to be known as one who was committed and one who was um, connected as a friend. And the reason for that is because I have experienced the benefit of, of having friends like that in my life. You know, when I, when I think about this, I think about my guy, DP. So DP is, is a friend of mine I've known for many, many years. And back in September of 2023, I, I had a medical emergency and I went into the hospital for like four days. It was crazy scary. Uh, my, my, my wife was scared, my wife Sharon, and the kids were also uh, concerned. It, it, was a, it was a difficult moment. I remember just, I'm wrestling with all the guilt of like, oh man, I'm sick, I shouldn't be sick. I'm putting my family through this, which, which are crazy thoughts because, I mean, I didn't actively do anything to be in the hospital. But that was the narrative that I was battling. And I remember when my friend DP, when he found out about what was happening, he reached out to me and he, he just said, hey, do you need anything? And I was like, man, I, nothing comes to mind. 
But, you know, what comes to mind is just some bro time, just some fun. And I threw that out there not really knowing, right? And a, a week later, DP showed up. He drove over two hours away to come hang out with me on a, a work day for him. And he just took time out of his busy schedule to be a friend to me, to, to, to hang out with me. And it, it blessed my soul so much. You have no idea how much it, it touched me that he would sacrifice his time, sacrifice his resources to just be a friend when he did not have to do that at all. He was not obligated to show up for me in that way. And it was in that moment through our conversations that my, my perspective shifted and I was refilled with hope. I was energized again. He just helped me to, to realize and to get back to who I, I, I was in that moment after that hard moment. And through moments like I had with my friend here and what we see in this text that we just walked through about Jonathan and David, you know, I just see a reality that I believe is so true, which is that we, we just can't flourish without friendships. We can't flourish without friends. I mean, it is impossible. We, we can't be the best version of ourselves without people in our lives. And I know one thing that is true today is that maybe you are the one out of two here. Maybe you would say, I am wrestling with loneliness and isolation. Maybe you are desperately looking for friends. You're like, I just don't know where they are. Like, I hear what you're saying, Brandon. Just, I have no idea where these people are. I don't even know if they exist. Maybe for you, there are, are people that came to mind. Maybe you're like, I, I had this at one point, and there has been some relational tension, and we've fallen out. Those friends that I used to have are more distant. And I just want to let you know that I, I, I hear you. I'm with you. It is complicated. It's not simple. But guess what? It's so worth it. It's so worth it. And God is a God of reconciliation. He is a God who changes hearts. He is a provider, not just financially, but he provides for us in every way. So we are longing for community. We're longing to be known. He will provide for us. See, the way he set this up is that we thrive not only in connection with him, but we thrive in connection with people. It's the both and that we experience deep transformation. And I believe that he wants to do that in all of our lives. All of us, all of us can experience, and I believe will experience this friendship love. So I want us to stand and I wanna just pray for us as we close. And you can close your eyes, you can hold your hands out. We like to pray, pray like that as a, way to open ourselves up to what God wants to do. And I'm going to pray for us. Father, I just say thank you so much, first of all, for your son, Jesus, who is the ultimate model of friendship love. He is the one who laid down his life. He is the one who sacrificed it all for those that he 
did not have to. Father, I say thank you for the fact that you've created us all to exist in connection and in community. And Father, I pray for everyone here who is longing for community. They're longing for connection. God, I pray for those who perhaps have been hurt in a friendship, those who have perhaps experienced rejection in a friendship, and because of that, it has caused them to want to close themselves off, to insulate themselves from others. God, I pray for your spirit of freedom and boldness to come. That anyone who's bought into that narrative that they have to just do it by themselves or keep people at a distance. God, I pray that you would transform our thinking. God, give us hope again that you have people for us, that we are meant to be known. We are meant to be seen. We're meant to be loved. So Holy Spirit, I just welcome your presence to come. And would you minister to those places in our hearts? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Yes, yes. Well, friends, on on your way out, if there is anything that you want prayer for, if you want to continue this, this time of praying over your friendships, our prayer hall is open. Or if there are other things happening in your life as well, if you want prayer, our prayer hall is open. It's just right out these doors and to your right. And then lastly, join us next week as we continue our series, The Four Loves. You do not want to miss it. I pray that God would wreck your life and your relationships and your friendships with his love. You all have a great one. All right.